Hi, I'm Dan, and I want to welcome you to Church Online. If it's your first time, please take a minute and fill out a quick guest link on our website after the broadcast. We would love to connect with you, no matter where you're watching from. You can also give online by going to lifechurchutah.com or by texting LCGIVE to 95577 at any time during this morning's service. Once again, thank you for making Life Church Online a part of your weekend. For more information, visit us at lifechurchutah.com. Good morning, Life Church. Man, it is, uh, it is a privilege to, uh, to be with you today. Excuse me while I kind of, I'll go ahead and drop these. Ready? Sorry about that. Um, you know, this is almost, and it's so good to have my wife, uh, you know, Debbie here. Uh, you know, if nothing else, you know, every time I've had, and it's been like now, you know, five years since I've been with you in a, in a service, but every time I've been in this church, I have just been overwhelmed with the Spirit of God that is here, and, and more than maybe the, pre- I mean, it's, it's the presence of God, but it's the presence of you people. I mean, there is a dynamic here in this church that, that I have found to be unique, and I've been so eager for my, for my wife to just to come and to be a part of a service, let alone the opportunity to share with you is just kind of a little bit of frosting on the cake, and then and Debbie having the opportunity to share with the, uh, with the women on Friday night. Hey, and, and I just need to say, I, I really do need to say, we had an opportunity to walk through the um, kind of fellowship hall gymnasium area where the banquet was and and ladies i was just overwhelmed at the incredible creativity in class and just uh the way that tables were you know were, were decorated and uh and what that uh, just spoke about about you and your heart for others and god's work in your life you know ladies give yourself a round of applause would you just do that and guys do the same thing because you know, I was just, you know, I was just, I was just odd, and so, uh, so that's great. And, and you know what? If if you were at a table that had a little bowl of uh, of individually wrapped caramels, and there was just enough for one per lady, and you missed yours, uh, you know, I want you to know it was very good. I, <laughs> I just had to confess that. <laughs> But anyway, oh, great. Hey, well, I want to talk about life today. This is Life Church, and life happens, doesn't it? And uh, because of life happens, life presents challenges. And so my, my simple kind of title of my remarks today is, is Overcoming the, the Challenges of Life. There's a couple of verses of Scripture that I want just to share as the, the backdrop to some observations today that I want just to be very, uh, you know, very practical and, and founded in, in God's Word, uh, more than just human experience. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 simply says this, but thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's where our strength comes. And then the psalmist says in, one, in Psalm 138, verse 8, Oh Lord, you fulfill, the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, oh Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work 
of your hands. The one thing that you can be sure of, and the first thing I would just call to your attention this morning is simply this. The unexpected happens. You know, one thing after almost 28 years of, of ministry and in leadership, I feel like I have a firm grasp of the obvious. That's one of my spiritual gifts. But we all realize the unexpected happens. We're made aware of it in the daily news. We've, we've seen it in, in tragic ways in our, in our country from, uh, from Las Vegas to New York City to a church in Texas within the span of, of just about, what, 60 days or so? I mean, it was just so compressed and it was so gripping in terms of how can such tragedy happen in such a compressed amount of time. But on personal levels, we hear the challenges of friends and loved ones. And we almost become somewhat um, numb, I think it is, to all that is happening around us. And it's easy to recognize that tragedies happen. We just don't believe it will happen to us. Let me change that a little bit and personalize it, because let me make it my, in a sense, uh, admission. As a pastor, I had been... Uh, in all kinds of situations, you realize, regardless of how large the church is you pastor or how long it is, you're in your, your share of hospital rooms and, and surgery prep rooms and intensive care units and, and visiting and counseling with individuals who are going through all kinds of issues and struggles. But somehow it's easy to feel, well, my life is different. And our life had been, really. I had felt like, you know, man, we are blessed. Uh, we've never faced uh, an accident, an injury, a hospitalization. Uh, you know, it seems like, uh, you know, all the things that happen to others will never happen to us until after serving six years in the Colorado House, losing actually a, a bid for the state Senate in a, one of the most highly contested elections in the state of Colorado in 2012. Debbie and I moved to Fort Collins, her hometown, I was serving, and many of you might remember, I served as the executive director of Teen Challenge in Colorado and Utah here and was looking forward to um, continuing that work and investing you know, more of my time and effort into that ministry. But uh, turn your attention to the video, and if you have that, uh, the best way to summarize my story is through about a little three-minute video. Debbie and I moved to Fort Collins the end of June of 2013. Uh, less than a month later, I started feeling ill, and as uh, over the course of some visits to uh, urgent care, and then finally to my primary care physician, ended up being hospitalized on July 22nd. Uh, that led to almost five months of hospital and rehabilitation with me coming back to our home in Fort Collins on December 10th. What had happened, I'd been diagnosed with West Nile virus and went into uh, respiratory failure. I had meningitis and encephalitis. And so there were some real questions about in those early days as I was in intensive care, what my future might be, whether I would either uh, survive and if I did survive, uh, what kind of cognitive abilities that I would uh, regain. Uh, I, I'm thankful that in the course of time that uh, I was able to uh, rebound and to be on the road to recovery, but it's been a, a long haul. 
even this year, I've been in the hospital several times with major infections and at the end of February of this year, I almost died because of going into septic shock and that required some uh, few days in intensive care, uh, a couple of weeks of recovery from, uh, from that. And in the midst of it all, uh, I've just learned that you have to trust God, uh, you know, one day at a time. As an active person and a pretty intense person, I oftentimes think of Psalm 23 where it says, he makes me to lie down. And sometimes when you are forced to stop, when life brings you to a stopping place, you have uh, no option but to uh, trust God, to place your life in his hands, and to know that he is with you each step of the way. Uh, I'm so thankful for my wife and family and friends who rallied to my side. I'm thankful for my church and for those who prayed intensely for me. And I realize that in the midst of that, when we can't believe for ourselves, there are others who will believe for us, who will come in and to hold us up and to stand in the gap. And that as we continue to trust God, we will find him to be faithful in uh, our lives. Uh, a theme song that we adopted was one that contains the, the words, God is with us. He is with us always. And that's what I've learned through this whole process. That video was uh, filmed at the end of uh, 2014. And actually, after almost five months in the hospital in 2013, 2014 ended up being a pretty severe test with uh, one bout of septic shock that where I almost died from that in the early part of 2014 to about three other hospitalizations that year facing, uh, facing major major infections. I guess we could observe life and we could say the, uh, the reality of life is simply you are either in a trial or a test, you're coming out of a trial or a test, or you're getting prepared for a trial and test. You know, Isaiah 43 verse 3 is a verse that uh, arrested my attention and the first word of it, uh, it says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. You see, I, I, I always, I mean, I know I read that verse many, many times, probably memorized it, but I always thought it meant if, in the unlikely event. You know, it's kind of like when you're getting the safety instructions on, the, on an air, fly, air, air flight, and, it, you, know, if, you know, when the stewardess says, in the unlikely event of a change in cabin pressure, oxygen masks will drop from the ceiling. Well, you think, well, yeah, sure, that's, you know, one in... 10,000 chance of that happening. Now, if she said, okay, during this flight, when the cabin pressure changes, you're going to go, okay, now exactly when in the flight is that going to take place? And, and I realize that the promise of God, the reassurance is, be prepared. It's going to happen. But be comforted because I will be with you. Proverbs 27, verse 1 says, Don't boast about tomorrow because you don't know what tomorrow may bring. And so we realize that life is filled with all kinds of unexpected events. It may be a health crisis, a relationship, or a marriage that comes to an end. It may be a financial crisis. It may be a natural disaster that suddenly changes our, our life. We experience some historic floods and 
saw Houston, Texas, and we saw uh, hurricanes that have impacted countless lives. You know, my life kind of, um, you know, somebody, you know, when you go through these hardships, everybody kind of thinks of the suffering of Job. But one thing that I identify with Job is this. Job said, Job chapter 29, verse 18, he said this, I thought, surely I will die surrounded by my family after a long good life. That's pretty much, you know, I thought, hey, I am like bulletproof. And life is just going to continue as it has always been. I'm going to be active and healthy and, and anything I want to do and take on, I'll probably be able to take on and do. And at the end of that, you know, I'll die uh, fat, sassy, and, well, maybe not wealthy, but anyway. <laughs> Everything will be good. But the unexpected happens. The second thing I would just point out to you is that faith is revealed through the test. You don't have, the test doesn't give you faith. The faith you have helps you and is proven in the midst of the test. Uh, there's, a, there's a name in gospel music from the 70s, by the, a guy by the name of Andre Crouch. Some of you that have been around forever might recognize that name, all right? Uh, the group was called Andre Crouch and the Disciples, if you remember. Actually, Andre spent uh, quite a bit of time in partnership with the Billy Graham Crusades and sang during several Billy Graham Crusades across the country, besides being a, a, an award-winning a vocalist and songwriter, and one of his songs that, uh, that, that came to mind and that gripped me was his song entitled, Through It All. Through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus, I've learned to trust in God. And here's the words that, uh, that I thought were really relevant in that song. He says, for if I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that God could solve them. I'd never know what faith in God can do. You see, until a crisis comes, our faith is, is simply philosophical. It is, it, but when, when the test comes and we trust God and we see him faithful, there is a reality to that that strikes our hearts. 1 Peter 1.7 says, you've been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith may be found to result in the praise, glory, and honor of Jesus Christ. James 1, 2, and 3 tells us it is the testing of your faith that produces steadfastness. I was looking at uh, one of the uh, Caring Bridge posts that my daughter had written during our illness, and she made this statement. She said, we have found our parents in this time of, of crisis, we have found our parents faithful to the things that, that we value the most and that which we would anticipate them, anticipate them facing with a great deal of faith and confidence in God. Number three, God doesn't give us dying faith on non-dying days. Remember the Lord's promise. Jesus said, I am with you always. Always. Isaiah 41, verse 10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you by my righteous hand. Let me ask you a question. What is it that you fear the most? 
I'm sure when we st stop and think about it, we look at people. I know I've been, you know, I I've seen over the years of being a pastor, I've seen people in all kinds of um, medical crisis. And I said, man, I would never want that to happen to me. I'd never want to be in that situation. And I think everything that I dreaded, everything I did not want to happen to me, happened in a matter of days. Sometimes we mistakenly apply 1 Corinthians 10, 13, where Paul talks about temptation and the Lord not giving us more temptation uh, than what we could handle to, uh, you know, kind of life itself. It's, it's kind of like, well, the Lord won't give me more than I can, uh, than I can handle. Uh, you know, I found out that uh, the truth of the Scripture, the Lord remembers that we're dust and we can't handle anything without Him. I need Him, it's like the old song, I need Thee every hour, every minute, every day. Uh, we realize that, uh, again, without Him we can do nothing. You know, it's kind of like, again, that oxygen mass that drops out of the... Uh, when the pressure changes and drops down out of your over, the overhead compartment above you in the airplane, it, the instructions aren't, breathe on your own as long as you can and just see how strong you are and test your lung capacity. No, it says, reach out and grab the oxygen right away. And that's the way our response should be when crisis comes. We don't say, okay, I'm just hanging on there and then when I come to the end of my resources, God's going to say, no, trust God right from the beginning. Grab a hold of him, reach out to him as soon as that trial and that difficulty comes. I remember a story of uh, back in like the early 50s, I guess it would have been. A, a single mom or a single a woman, single woman became pregnant as a result of uh, almost a forced sexual relationship and uh, you know, boy, back at that time, those were difficult things to handle. She uh, was in Denver, eventually went to uh, Grand Junction, where she was with an aunt, gave birth at a home, and uh, they took the baby away from her as soon as the, the delivery happened, and they gave her the news. They said, well, the, the, the child uh, died. And uh, but the child didn't die. And then they told the child as he grew up well your mom died in childbirth which didn't happen that uh, that little boy ended up being taken to a state orphanage where he lived the first five years of his life and uh, during the time that that he was there he would watch uh, during that time uh, potential uh, adoptive parents come and uh, pick out a, a boy or a girl that uh, they thought they would want to have as their own and they would take them home and pretty soon that same car would come back and that child would be let out and dropped off. It was kind of like, you know, taking a puppy home from the kennel and then finding out, well, no, we don't want this dog, we're taking it back. And that was, that was what he observed, that's what he experienced. Until he's about age five and, uh, and a couple from Fort Collins uh, adopted him. And he, they loved him. He grew up in Fort Collins. And as a boy, he uh, made a little bit of money around town shining shoes. And one day he was really impressed with the shoes of the man he was shining. Oh, they were nice shoes. 
and he realized it was the mayor of the town. And he said, maybe one day I'll be able to wear shoes like this. Maybe one day I'll be mayor. And as time would unfold, Ray Martinez became the first Hispanic mayor of the city of Fort Collins. And he actually currently serves with me on the city council today. And Ray is a committed Christian, and he, made a state, he makes a statement that I thought was so compelling and so uh, profound in its, in its way. He said, if you change the way, and this is somebody who's been there who has faced challenges in life, rejection and, and isolation and, and the whole gamut. He said, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change. A friend of mine by the name of Tim Brotsman uh, had been a pastor and uh, worship leader, a radio host personality, and and he experienced some of the most devastating physical trauma as a result of being rear-ended in a, in, a, in a car accident. And I remember early on in his struggling, he made a statement to me where he said, Ken, I have a condition, but my condition doesn't have me. And I remember laying in a hospital bed on a respirator, unable to move, unable to do anything by myself. And in my mind, Tim's words were echoing in my mind, saying, okay, I have a condition, but my condition doesn't have me. It doesn't have me. And then I want you to remember that as God gives us that strength for events, it's not only through the Lord, it's, it's the Lord working sovereignly through himself, but it's the Lord helping us through others. Uh, 2 Corinthians 7, 6 says, But God who encourages those who are discouraged, encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. And so it's not just me and God. That's why this church is important. That's why God's family is important. That's why, that's why we are uh, bound together in this mystical thing called the body of Christ, the family of God, because when one suffers, we all suffer. When one rejoices, we all rejoice. And matter of fact, in my, uh, in my book, there's, a, there's an entire chapter that I entitle uh, Help from Unexpected Sources. And I talk about those who came alongside how people from the state capital, from the from the uh, from the state capital to the to the church to friends and neighbors and those that had been a part of our ministry in years past, came and, and were there for us when we needed them the most. The last thing I want to call to your attention is simply this: in time you will understand. Uh, Jeremiah twenty three twenty. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he fully accomplishes the purposes of his heart. In the days to come, you will understand it clearly. You see, the Lord is able to bring good out of bad situations, but we have to be open to what he desires us to learn and his work in our lives. You see, we don't know the outcome that's going to take place when crisis happens. That's the way it was with God's people. As even though they were under God's judgment, where they were taken captive to Babylon, to Babylon, God told them that, look, I have plans for you, plans to prosper you. But you know what? It's going to happen 70 years from now. Now, that's not exactly, to me, good news. I mean, I want it to happen like tomorrow, next week. When I was first uh, diagnosed with neuroinvasive West Nile virus, they said, well, you know, usually most people recover, even with severe cases, in a year. And I said, okay, I could hang in there for a year, but pretty soon 
one year turned into two years, into three years, into four years, and you know, here I am today still. But that's all right. God is still showing himself strong and mighty. I want to move on because I want to, uh, I want to just share some maybe illustrations or I- examples of, of, of this concept of understanding in, in time to come. Because in our life, you know, the present may be uh, dismal and hard, but the future can hold promise. I mean, look at Job. We see his suffering, and the Lord allowed him to uh, experience God in a way that he had never known before. Job 42, verse 5. Job says this, I heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. You see, there's a time in our life when God becomes more than just a philosophy of life that I follow. I realize he's my friend. He's the ever-present help in time of trouble. He's the one who is truly with me. I think of Jesus' disciples. Jesus told them about the crucifixion and his resurrection. They didn't understand until the darkest of nights would be experienced. And through those darkest times and difficulties, they came to understand that, yes, he is the Messiah. What he said came true, and he is the resurrected living Lord. I think of my friend Gary Ozello. Gary was involved for many years in, as, in the athletic department at Colorado State University. And when one day his wife of 30 years just said, I'm gone, I'm leaving. And it crushed him. And it called him to literally fall on his face and cry out to God. And uh, he said, you know, at the time I was a convenience store Christian. In other words, I would like run into church like people run into uh, the local convenience store, 7-Eleven, and I'd grab what I need and I'd leave, and then when I needed something, I'd come back, and that was my life. And I realized, man, something has to change. And he called a friend that he knew by the name of Clint Hurdle. Clint Hurdle at the time was the manager of the Colorado Rockies, and of all things, I mean, it's game day. And he calls Clint Hurdle's cell phone number, and Clint answers. And uh, Gary tells him, hey, this is what happened. Man, I need some help. I need some direction. And Clint began to give him some directions. And and he said, you need to be in the Word. You need to be around people. You need to be in God's God's house. You need to be around people who will encourage you and strengthen you and support you. And he goes, I want you to remember, no bargaining with God. It's not, God, I'll serve you, and I'll commit my life to you if, if you restore my marriage, if you do this, if you do that. It's not quid pro quo with God. It's all in. And uh, it was interesting, I was visiting with uh, a fellow pastor uh, where, at the church where, where Gary attends, and he says, I've never seen anyone grow in a short amount of time as much as Gary has. And Gary remarried a gal who actually has a severely handicapped daughter, but he's committed, he's growing in the Lord, and he told me, he said, Ken, the worst thing that happened to me turned out to be one of the best things that could ever happen to me. I look at my life and I, over the last years, and I see how the God was preparing to work in my life in ways that I never expected. The old, finally, the old hymn says, we'll understand it by and by. You know, those words sometimes fix our minds on, on eternity, but we can be confident that God is fulfilling his purpose in our life as we love him, as we trust in him, in our lives, in this world at large. So let's realize in time to come, understand. Let's pray. Lord, 
This is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com.